Well, welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Rates. I'm so excited that you're joining us today. This podcast exists because our words matter, and we believe that healthy communication is oxygen for your relationships and for your leadership. So whether you communicate one-on-one, on a team, from a stage, or from behind the screen, we hope that this podcast challenges you, encourages you, to choose healthy communication because we know when you do, your relationships will change, your leadership will get better, and your world will be better because of it. Well, here's the reality. Today's podcast, we're talking about how our world has changed. We communicate differently and we communicate differently as the different generations. Maybe more than ever before, uh, there are bigger frustrations developing among the different generations because It seems like we can't figure out how to work together, how to communicate with one another. And for years, the baby boomers were in charge. They were the largest generation because of that. Things have changed. And now in 2023, the millennials have taken over. Gen Z's not that far. My age group, Gen X, is kind of going, wait a minute, what about us? And so we're trying to figure out how to all come together. And what's fascinating is you have some work environments where there's 22-year-olds, 32-year-olds, 42-year-olds, 52-year-olds, and 62-year-olds, all trying to figure out how to work and communicate with each other. So this is going to be a really fun podcast. How do we communicate to the different generations? What do we need to learn about them so we can communicate in healthy ways? Why is it so hard? Just kidding. Uh, It's really not, but we have this incredible guest today that we're going to dive in to these very important questions. And so I'm just so excited that Barbara Canero could join us. She's a senior strategist at Word Revolution. She runs an amazing Facebook group called Accidental Church Communicators. She coaches and mentors church communication and leaders uh, all around the country. She's extremely generous. She's just a great, thoughtful leader, and so we're glad that she's here. Well, Barbara, welcome to the Speak With People podcast. Thank you, Jason. It's nice to be here. It's so great to have you. I've so enjoyed getting to know you online and following along and learning from you. And so just before we kind of, you know, do all of that, thank you so much for what you do to pour into so many people. Uh, it's just so appreciated. Oh, uh, it's, you know, it's nice to be, uh, you know, hearing some of those words because I'm like, you never know what people are thinking on the other side. <laughs> uh-huh. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, hey, before we jump into the conversation, maybe you could give us, you know, just a little bit more about yourself, a little bit of your story and who you are and what you do and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, You know, there's a complicated side to the story and there's a simple side to the story. So (laughs) if I if I had to simplify, uh, we've always been travelers, we've always been around the world, living in many different countries. So I think this is probably like the 25th city I've lived in and four in three continents now. And so it's just uh, always had a very different, you know five to seven eight years in each place and then we move so it's it's always been um nice for me change is good i like change so i've always embraced it yes uh and i already told my husband like we've been in this country for too long this time (laughs) 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 you know most people think the other way around but anyway so i've always embraced change and i think that's sometimes what guides most of my decisions when it comes to you know communications and Mm. things like that is always looking to you know what could it what could be and not as much to what it was you know so um we're you know we're family of five now the three kids keep me busy uh my oldest just turned 15 so that's a whole new territory to explore 
And, uh, you know, um, besides that, you know, my happy place is church communications. Uh, I love branding. I love to really push the box when it comes to communicating and understanding people. So I'm a huge advocate of those on the other side. And that's why it's mm. so hard to know how people are on the other side of me, because I'm inside this little bottle, right? And and I can only read so much of my my own label. Uh, but I love reading other people's labels. I love looking on the outside and say, hey, this is how you're being perceived. This is how you're speaking. This is how you're communicating. Yeah. Um, so it is it is a fun job. And um, I just had a midlife crisis the other day thinking, oh my God, so many people hate their job and I love what I do. You know, and it was, my husband looked at me, he's like, why are you crying again? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I've achieved it. Like if I'm in this place where I feel like, you know, I got there, what's next? Like, what right. is there? Yeah, you know? So anyway, there's a, just a, a really interesting component to me that is just so exciting. Just learning how people function, how they think, how they operate. And it's just, I just nerd out about those things. So I love that. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Those teenage years, they are uh, definitely uh, some fun years. So we'll be praying for you and and, uh, (laughs) as you walk into those. So, well, hey, as we kind of talk about this idea of communicating to the generations and how Mm -hmm. is communication, you know, shifted in your seat, you know, from where you're coming from, from a communications leader expert, could you kind of give us your 30,000 foot view of what's happened the last 10 years? Like for those of us who may not know, you know, walk us through like some of the basic, you know, what's happened and maybe some basic descriptors for those generations. Absolutely. So first thing that I have to share with you is something that I've noticed um, maybe in the last two years, I think COVID definitely elevated this or, or accelerated this. So but I'm going to take you back a few a few decades hmm. uh, to start with, you know, when we enter the information age. So hmm. uh, several years ago, the the boom was, hey, information age, you have access to everything. It's, you know, super easy to go on the Internet and find something. Uh, and so that became the big shift, right? Hmm. Everybody now can access information that before was in encyclopedias and, you know, someone else's, you know, uh, library. And uh, uh, it wasn't this um, universal or global. Uh, and so society had to adjust to that, like having access to information. What does that mean? Uh, and then from there, we moved into what we call the engagement uh, stage or era. So that becomes more like, hey, you can actually post something on social media and I can respond to it. There's engagement that is happening. There's yep. a back and forth. There's a I'm not just consuming information. I'm able to engage and, and respond back. And that's where you see advertisers uh, changing from, hey, here's what I do to, hey, let's chat on. So what do you think about on your product? Right. So it, it's, yeah. uh, it, it, it forced us to, in, to relate to consumers and to brands differently. And um, I do believe that many people are still trying to catch up to that, but we have already shifted something else. Mm. Mm. So it is my belief that we're moving and we have moved towards the curation era. So right now there's so much information out there that there's absolutely no way anybody is able to consume, filter, assess, you know, classify all of the information out there. And so we're all pursuing curators. We're all pursuing someone or something 
that will be able to look at the information and curate it for us. That's why Facebook groups are so important because you can go in and say, hey, what do you use for X, Y, and Z? And now there's a bunch of people like me that do what I do that have solved the same problems and they can save me a significant amount of time by curating something that otherwise would take me months to experiment with. So, wow. yes, uh, yeah, that's where we're going. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I think we're there. Uh, you know, we talk about chat GPT a lot, the idea of AI building content, creating content. But the reality is what AI, these AI tools are doing is simply curating. They're mm. collecting all of the data available. They're finding the common denominator, structuring it and show and outputting the results. So AI is not creating. Um, they're compiling, curating, organizing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I watched something the other day and I'm like, because we we uh, produce a weekly uh, blog post, a leadership article on the Speak with People website, and and yeah. I, I I watched an ad, and I'm like, wow, those, those quite a, quite a few hours go into those those articles, and and the ad was like, yeah, just give us a couple descriptors, and AI, you know, to, it will just write it, and I was like, exactly, wow, exactly. this is this this going to really help writing the book, a book, or, absolutely, you know, <laughs> yeah, a little bit a little bit easier. Wow, that's something else. Yeah. You touched on the Facebook groups. I love that. You know, I used to get a little just, you know, maybe a little too truthful, a little annoyed sometimes. Even people like on public Facebook that would be like, hey, everybody, I wondered if you could recommend a dog groomer. And, and I just always want to be the snarky guy that, you know, was like, well, you could type that into Google. Like Google will. But you're so right. People are just hungry for that personal connection. And especially in a group. People love to help. I mean, I found myself this morning doing that in a, a speaker's exactly. website. I, I love that, the curation. Boy, yeah. that's such a, good, a yeah. good place to go. Yeah. And so what you're seeing also is the idea of um, what, we, what I've been calling circles of trust, right? Because mm. not everybody, you're not going to follow every curator, curator out there. Like there's something that makes you say, I'm going to trust Jason's and not John's, you know, right. So, uh, and so that means that we're naturally pursuing, uh, curators that we trust, and then we're going to follow their path of curation. Uh, and so when you go back into politics without getting into the details of it, um, people talked a lot about polarization and you got to do your research and you're not seeing the news. That's because each one of us is following a path of curation that is getting us deeper into a direction. And so at, at this point, I'm not doing the research on the other side because truth is, I don't have the time. <laughs> right. And it's impossible to do all of the research that I'm supposedly expected to to do. And so um, what I'm doing is I'm using someone else's research, following that person, and they're following other curator and that curator is following other curator. But there are circles of trust that we're, we're each following. And so when we look at something else that doesn't feel like, hey, that, that never shows up on my feed or I've never I never hear about it in my circles. That's because you're already in a circle of trust that is following a path of curation that will they may never intersect with the other one. And so uh, this creates this type of polarization, division, different types of perspective, because a few years ago, you and I could both analyze both sides of the story. Nowadays, we can't. Right. Yeah. Wow. Because there's too much information on both sides. Right. Exactly. So we're forced. We're forced to. And I'll give you a very simple example. Uh, you know, I remember several years ago having to watch videos and episodes before saying to my kids, you can watch this one. It is impossible for any parent nowadays to do that. Right. Right. 
you know, it's no, I mean, I mean, maybe you can do like a Disney movie or, you know, something in the theater. But once you, once you get into the whole, like, I have my iPad or my phone and I get to, like, there's no yep. ability for a parent to catch up on any videos that their kids are watching. And that's why you now have monitoring tools that parents can use that will basically curate it for them. So I can put in cues for like violence, drugs, alcohol, uh, bullying, you know, you name it, suicide. And so yep. there's a tool out there, there's curating their feeds, their access to uh, the internet so that I don't have to physically watch all of those videos and look for things that could be not in alignment where I want my kids to go. Wow. You know? It's just amazing how far we, we've, we've come as well, because I just this week, you know, I'm trying to get, I'm coming off of being sick. And so I'm feeling the pressure mm -hmm. of, okay, so many things to get caught up on. And my computer took, you know, maybe 1.2 seconds instead of one second, you know, as I search for something and I found myself getting frustrated. I'm like, I need this information sooner. Like it's, yeah. it's just amazing to think about how fast and how much information our brains are Exactly. downloading every single day and where it's going. You know, I think about my kids' kids. What is it going to be like, you know, for them, at, you know, yeah. as all this information is, you know, coming at them and it's just incredible to think about. Oh, absolutely. There's, there's no, no way around it. And then you're talking about the generations and how, because this is the scenario, right? I'm just plant, planting the, the, the picture, like designing the picture of the landscape for you, right? This is right. what the world looks like right now. So, how are each of the generations interacting with a world that looks like that? And so uh, alive, we have, we, we still have a few traditionalists, but they're very, they're not active at all, as you may imagine, simply because of their age. Hmm. Most of them have, have died. So let's start with the baby boomers as like the first, you know, generation um, that is uh, interacting today. And um, what's important to note about each generation, Jason, is that uh, we all have a sense of, we always assign value or worth to ourselves and to others based on how we perceive the world. And so that's why it's important to wow. know, like, how's the world? Because these guys will think and act and do things based on how they perceive the world. Yep. And so, and most of the forming years of that kind of perspective is actually in your childhood. So it's not like, you know, I'm not making decisions when I'm 35 on how I'm going to see the world. Like my world is pretty much defined by the time that I'm, you know, in my teenage years, most yes. likely. Yep. You know what I mean, so my view of the world and that's why us get so nostalgic about I remember the days when nobody was reporting me on the Internet for everything I do. Like, you know, right. it comes to and I, I'm like, honestly, I'm very that's the case. And not all of my silly actions are online, you know, just for everybody to see. But um, so it, this to say that. When it comes to baby boomers, uh, they assign worth and value on contribution. So mm. they're contributors. That means what they can what they can contribute towards is what gives them a sense of worth. Mm. They will serve. They will donate. Yeah. So because they feel like that's their contribution and that's how they feel valued. Right. Uh, and that's also why they expect other people to serve and donate and mm -hmm. help and. Because their their view of life was from a world where you now actually can do these things, right? Think about them going through, uh, you know, the war and the post-war, like all of that kind of stuff. Um, then you move into uh, the Gen Xers and Gen Xers are consumers, uh, not in a negative way. So sometimes right. we take this in a negative way, but it's like for us, we see value if we can consume. 
if mm. I can get more money and buy the bigger house or get the car or, and I'm not trying to be materialistic here because that's not the purpose. It's simply because Gen Xers came after a generation that would work forever in the same job and make the same amount of money forever. Right. And so Gen Xers are like, wait a minute, I can get a better life. I can actually create my own business. I can actually be an entrepreneur. I can actually make more money. I can actually change to another job where I can grow in my career. Um, I can pursue something different for my family. And so consuming, the, the ability to consume is what gives us a sense mm. of worth. To this day, we act that way. We're results driven and then I do A, I get B. Um, and, you know, if you talk about just how the church, for example, was built, like there's a lot of expressions of faith that have to do with this consumer mindset. Mm. You know, give you the show and the worship and the, you know, yep. come on a Sunday and there's barbecue, like, you know, yep. that kind of stuff. So, and uh, that, so that's kind of like what was generated around this generation. Uh, based on how the world was back then. Uh, and then you have millennials. So millennials then are looking at all of this and they're like, oh man, there's something more than just buying houses and cars. Mm. And they are the, you know, for them, it's all about collaboration. It's about working together. They're collaborators by default. They're global. There's a, a greater um, focus on impact and purpose. Like, can I go beyond myself? still be my individual self, but think in a global way. Why? Because now everything is becoming right available online and mm. they grew up with the access to that information and they initiated or lived through the engagement uh, era. So they really embraced the idea of like, I can talk to somebody in, you know, India. Right. Right. And I can actually collaborate with that person and do a job together and do a work together. So uh, that opened a lot of doors. And mm -hmm. um, and so it gets really funny when you get the Gen Zs. <laughs> <laughs> and we all know they're quite mysterious so far because we don't have enough data. But these guys are, you know, they're a younger teenager, but they're also getting married and having kids and in the marketplace already. So they're buying cars. You know, they're 2022. 20, so yep. uh, this generation um, has a greater focus on co-creation. Mm. So it's not collaborating it's actually saying to brands listen i don't want to just collaborate with my peers to give you money i want you to ask me what to create next mm. i want to be involved in the creation process of the next nike shoe uh if you're a youtuber i want you to ask me what should i unbox next right. you know what i mean yeah so I want to be a part of the creation. So I'm not just collaborating on an idea you had. I'm actually want, I want to be there when the idea isn't even on the table. Um, and uh, they're doing this in a way that allows them to perceive work and life in a very different way than we do. Because, you know, Gen Xers have been struggling to balance work and life because we see them as two compartments, two different things. Uh, why? Because work is what gives us the ability to consume. Life is what gives us the time to consume stuff. Right. <laughs> that we got in the work. You know what I mean? Right. So we've been focusing on work, 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 so I can consume. And sometimes we don't even have the time to consume stuff anymore because we're just, you know, stuck in here. Yep. Uh, and Gen Zs are coming and saying, I don't want to do that. Like, I, why would I kill myself? Like, I want my life and my work to be one whole and like one thing of its own and uh it can be fun so wow that's what's happening 
Wow. Yeah. One of my pet peeves is, and maybe it's just because I was a youth pastor forever and I worked with students, but is when the older generations, we kind of get up on our high horse and we're just like, boy, kids these days, they don't know how lucky they are. You know, when I was a kid, I had to go in the backyard and play with grass. And now they have an iPad. They have everything handed to them. And yeah. it, it just drives me crazy because I'm like, we don't know as a Gen X or whatever generation how we would have responded if we were in that situation. Yeah. So, you know, instead of like pushing them down or, you know, being judgmental about it, maybe trying to go, hey, I need to figure out how I can communicate with them so I can figure out that that generation. Why do you think it's so hard sometimes for the, each of those generations to, to understand each other, to figure out yeah. how to communicate? Well, it's very simple. It's because for us, the world, the world looks a certain way and functions a certain way. And until we get out of how our worldview is, it's going to be really impossible for us to understand anybody before or after yep. us, right? So yep. we still have an, uh, uh, you know, a struggle to understand, like, to this day, I'm not going to lie, like, uh, with my mom, she's always been like, hey, one job, stick to it. Yep. Yep. And I'm like, no, there's not, like, I'm not even interested in that. I'm not even interested in a job to begin with. Like, I want to be a business, I want to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And so, to, why? Because the work for her, she comes from a worldview when nothing is sure, right? And so... A job security is the one thing that keeps her at peace. And I'm thinking that for mm. me is the biggest limitation I could possibly imagine in my life, you know? So, but our worldview is, why? Because she saw people in scenarios and situations that weren't happy and easy to overcome. Right. And so the way you perceive the world needs to expand to understand wow. how they perceive the world and how these guys perceive the world. because. I have no clue. I know what it is to live life offline and online. Okay. Actually, that's another interesting point that I'm going to share with you. So wow. baby boomers have online introduced as like an add-on. Like is mm. it, I just go there for my, you know, right. chat with my grandchildren. Like it's an add-on. It's a small add-on. For us Gen Xers, I, especially the younger side of the, the generation, we actually remember life without it completely, and mm -hmm. we can remember life working very well with it, right, on the online. So, but, but even for us, there's a sense of um, things happen in real life. For example, you call me, I answer the phone, we're both on the phone, right? Gen uh, the, the millennials then said, oh, man, that's so boring. <laughs> uh, they changed things to become asynchronous, where... You post on social media and I will comment an hour later and then you respond to me a minute later and then I come back the day after. So it's a synchronous. Like there's no like me, you know, you and I have to be on the phone at the same time and use the same 15 minutes, right? So it's it's a view of time that is very different. Mm. And then you come to Gen Z's and they just change it all over again. Why? Because they don't know a reality without the internet. They just don't know it. It yeah. doesn't, it complete, like completely foreign to them to even imagine what it is to not have internet or access to things. And so right. what's happening now is that with the introduction of Web3 and the metaverse, this is the interesting part. Uh, millennials embraced the idea of asynchronous mm. uh, communication, right? Where we don't have to be at the same time at the same place, and we don't even have to be at the same time doing something. We can, you know, exist mm -hmm. in a, a synchronous way. 
Gen Zs have two parallel worlds, the metaverse and real life. That's why they even have an acronym, IRL, in real life, right? Wow. They have two parallel worlds that run at the same time all the time. And so what's interesting is most of this generation, life for them is in the metaverse and real life is a chore, is the add-on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. And so you want to communicate with them. You need to first be there. Yeah. That's where their real life is happening, yep. not in real world. You know? Wow. Wow. So that's, that's, a that's a shift. You know, that's a huge shift. It's just mind-blowing to think about. It's it's <laughs> just incredible. You know, um, I, 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 my wife and I have five kids, and you know, the oldest is 22, and then the youngest is eight, or I guess nine. And mm -hmm. he, you know, he just has this, this giant dream at nine years old. You know, he wants to be a YouTuber, you know, yeah. something that just would have been unheard of, you know, in some of my other kids, cause they're a little bit old, my 22 year old, that wouldn't have been, you know, but now, you know, he wants to be a YouTuber like Mr. Beast. So he yeah. can then, you know, show people how, you know, a gamer channel. I mean, he's just, he's planned it all out. You know, it's, it's yeah. just, it's so fascinating. How can, are there any skills or any, you know, some practical tips for, you know, the kind of the 30,000 foot view overview of each generation to, to kind of figure out, okay, hey, I need to learn some of these things so I can communicate right. more effectively with the different generations. Yeah. Uh, I would focus again, back on what gives them a sense of worth. And so with baby boomers, you want them to, 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 um, uh, contribute towards something. So mm. it's an invitation to contribute to That's whatever so you're doing. So that means you have to cast vision for what it is. What is the thing that you'd want them to be involved? Um, with Gen Xers, it is result driven. Hey, you give $1 and that pays for one family to do X, Y, and Z. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So it is, it is, uh, results driven. It will continue to be results driven. It's just how we are wired and it's going to be really hard break out of that. Um, and so normally we like to, you know, we want to see the statistics, the numbers, the, and it, you don't have to be a numbers person, but you want to see like, this will cause yep. this. Yeah. Yep. It's a very direct relationship between what I do and what I get. Um, and so that means the language needs to be in that, in that direction as well. So if I'm trying to train people, I need to focus on, Hey, going through this training, will get you this, you would be able to do this. Yeah. 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 When I move towards millennials, it is collaborative. So that means they they really do appreciate the the global aspect of communicating and collaborating with other communities. So the openness, the ability to say, hey, this is going to have this type of impact, not just in you, but the people around you and the people beyond you. Yep. Uh, that's kind of how you you need to tie your message. Um, from a communication standpoint, baby boomers are still very formal. Okay, mm. so they do appreciate the formality of engagement, like a letter and the way you approach them and you communicate with them. Uh, Gen Xers are the, they're the ones that kind of broke it into the more informal communication, very casual. Uh, millennials right. took it a step further where it's like, make it fun, man. Like, you know, <laughs> they're very fun focused. Um, and then with Gen Z's. Um, they want to be a part of the creation process. And so when you see uh, these kids, for example, on Minecraft, uh, they're creating, they're building, they're a part of, you know, 
basically uh, that kind of game alone is a, um, is successful because the audience is creating. They're not right. just coming into a game and they're playing it. There's a creation process. And then they're sharing, you know, these beautiful creations online or teaching others how to create the, these, um, these things. So they want to be invited into the creation process. And so if you have a program, a training, a group, or whatever, um, get their opinion early mm. before it's uh, set and done. Yeah. So it's like engaging with them at that level. Um, what's interesting from millennials down, this is one last piece that I wanted to share with you from millennials down, uh, all is access, all is available. Right. So I, I remember fighting with my kid because he's like, mommy, here's how they cut the woman in half in that magic trick. And I was like, dude, you're, you're literally like messing up my childhood right now like don't show me i don't want to know you know like like i want to die not knowing how they cut the woman in half <laughs> because you're gonna it, it's like you're gonna tell them Santa doesn't exist next you know what i right. mean like but no 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 right. no no, no. Don't, do that. don't do that and so but but he's like not only he can find out how things are done he can actually do it himself at home you know <laughs> so it removed the sense of of awe and wonder mm. From millennials down, nothing else, nothing is, you know, like the wonder and the awe are gone, are gone. And so this, these two generations became extremely spiritual mm. because that's the only thing they can do that it could potentially, that cannot be just explained on the internet easily with a click of a button. And so right. they are highly spiritual. They pursue spirituality. Because that's the only thing that brings them as human beings a sense of awe and wonder. So now, where they turn on those questions, I don't know. They're turning to everything and you know right. anything, but right. they are turning towards us, this their spiritual self. Wow! Wow! For sure. <clears throat> as you were talking about the the different generations, I was thinking it'd be so helpful some days to kind of have a a laminated sheet. For for each generation and which emojis to use, you know, which emo wait a minute, I gotta communicate with a baby boomer. Okay, these are the appropriate emojis. And then for my Gen Z or here's the appropriate maybe I'll send that to Babylon B, see if they'll uh they'll run with that. I I doubt they will, but it's just so fat. I mean, this is such a, a helpful conversation because I, I know in in my own life, uh, you know, so many employers who, you know, were hiring you know, right. so many different generations. And so now we have, you know, 22 year olds working with 42 year olds and 52 year olds, and they're trying to figure out how to right. coexist and, and collaborate yeah. and move things together. And, and I know in the past when I led a team that was, you know, highly comprised of Gen Z and, and a little bit of millennials, it, it was fascinating to try to figure out just how to kind of get everybody there because they, you know, they, they want stuff. They want it now. They want to figure out, you know, I, well, I, yeah. know my, I know my dad did that job for 20 years and then he got promoted, but I can only do, I'm going to, I'm going to do it for two and then I'll get promoted. Yeah. I'll, so. I'll put a visual in your mind that will help. Um, baby boomers learn in a traditional theater setting. Mm -hmm. There's a teacher. We all sit, we all take notes. We all learn. Okay. When it comes to Gen Xers, they want the kitchen table. Hmm. Yeah, like a more or like a you know this like little yes table here at an at an office. Okay, when it comes to millennials, they are at the coffee shop. Yep. And when you get to Gen Zs, they just want 
a, um, how do you call it? Like a, a lounge room. And that lounge room needs to have at least three to four, um, um, uh, what do I say? Like visuals coming from it. So you have like a, uh -huh. a movie thing. Yep. You have uh, music playing, you have a device on their hand and someone else is actually brainstorming ideas with them. So these four things, when you try to combine the four of them, it is yep. just impossible. And those Gen Zers probably have AirPods in. And, you know, when someone tries Absolutely. to come talk with them, they think, okay, maybe they're not listening, but they really are listening. Even though they have the AirPods in, there's music going and there's music going externally. Exactly. Exactly. Just, yeah. So, you know, wild. millennials introduce the music first at the coffee shop. It's, it's background music. So it's kind of like, you know, just kind of like that. Yeah, and then Gen Z's just took it a step further. That's right. <laughs> and they're on this court together, like they're in the same room, but they're on this court talking to each other in the same room. Right. Yep. Oh. So, <laughs> well, Barbara, this has been—I mean, this has just been some fascinating discussion, and I know it's going to be so helpful to our listeners because we're we're all in this boat together. We're all trying to figure out, and so oh, I'd really sure. encourage you if you're listening to this, if you haven't started thinking about this type of thought process and, and how you can improve your communication across the generations, like go back through and listen to this. Barbara gave us just, yeah. you, you gave us just some, some killer thoughts and advice. Hey, before, before we uh, leave you, cause we could probably uh, talk on this for so long. I want uh, our <laughs> listeners just to kind of keep getting to know you. So I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. What's, oh, <laughs> what's, uh, what's one of your favorite podcasts right now? Your, your kind of your, your go-to podcast uh it has to do with you know church communications for me uh and it's just been recently launched and i absolutely love it. it's called lunchtime heroes with matt curtis and it's it's really i think he's doing an amazing job at connecting especially you know the faith side of things with also the big practical creative side of things for church comp people I absolutely i will definitely be looking that up uh yeah. question number two um what was the best book you read this past year <laughs> Okay, let me just get the author. Um, does it count if I'm listening to it instead of? Oh, sure, for sure. It's uh, the YouTube formula, and I'm trying to get the name of the author. He actually met the four. The foreword is by Mr. Beast. This is by Darrell Eaves. Ah, e -E L Eaves. It is a fabulous, fabulous book. I know it's a little bit more on the technical side, like practical side of like. YouTube and whatever, but there's so many fascinating facts yeah. that he's sharing there. Uh, and he actually brings us through the, you know, the, 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 um, uh, Mr. Beast and also the, the series called The Chosen. Um, it is, it's just fascinating to me wow. how, yeah. And I they actually run some of these concepts that I'm telling you about too, like the idea of understanding your audience and knowing sure. who you're talking. Sure. I will definitely yeah. be picking that up. Okay. Last one. Uh, what's one dream vacation location? Dream vacation oh. location. That you have, you know, you're just looking yeah. forward to. Um, I know. Listen, Thailand is t like high, high, high in my list for whatever reason. Wow. And uh, we'll get there one day. I just never really gotten to Asia. Like the furthest I've gotten is to, you know, the side of Turkey that is on the Asian side. And that's that's as wow. far as I've gotten. But um, I really, really, really want to go to Thailand one day. Wow. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you because I I have been, you know, following along in your accidental church communicators, Facebook group, you know, I, 
I love it. Just the dialogue and how much you're pouring into people. And then I saw you're hosting your conference. So I re I just reached out to you out of the blue and you were so yeah. kind. You answered questions. You invited me to come up. I had planned to come up. I threw out my back, but just your generosity. I mean, it was, I was like, this, this is different. You know, she, yeah, she's you. so kind and generous. So I just appreciate your time on the podcast and yeah. getting to know you again has just been, just been such an encouragement. So Hey, before you leave, tell us where people can find you online. How they can get more information? Yeah, so I'm I'm very active on Facebook. It's just the where all my people tend to be. So that's the one tool I use the most. Uh, if you just look for my name, you're gonna find me there. Yep. Uh, there are a lot of people with my name actually, but you're gonna recognize by the photo. So um, the the handle, if it helps, is Barbara B and then Carnero, my last name. Um, we have the agency website, which is WordRevolution.com. That's where I, you know. My my happy branding place is there. That's why I um uh, yep. I have all the information about how to work with me as an agency. And then the conference, uh, it's my passion project. Uh, yep. I absolutely love putting it together. Uh, it's called the churchcommunicatorconference.com. And the next one we have is in about a, a well in February from uh, this um, recording. So February of twenty three, we're actually meeting in the metaverse for the second time. So. The, the whole conference is happening in the metaverse. Wow. And um, it's fun because I'm taking all the boomers and all the Gen Xers and teaching them, like, put your device on and come see what this thing is. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what church comes anyways, you know what I mean? That's right. That's right. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the Speak With People podcast today. Really appreciate it. It was nice being here. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us again for another week, another great conversation as we dive into healthy communication. Speaking of, don't forget, we are about two months away from the Speakers Conference. This is March 21 to 23 in Clearwater Beach, Florida. If you are a communicator, you stand from a stage, you deliver presentations, you influence online and you want to continue growing in your craft, you want to dive into the art and the, the nitty-gritty of growing as a public speaker, increasing your speaking capacity, we'd love for you to join us. Go to thespeakersconference.com. Join Albert Tate, Mike Goodwin, April Diaz, Dr. Jason Burns, myself, uh, other great speakers in just one of the most beautiful locations ever, Clearwater Beach, Florida. All the information's there. And so make sure you check that out. Again, thank you so much for joining the podcast, downloading, listening, subscribing. Really appreciate it if you would consider leaving a review. And last but not least, again, this podcast exists because we believe words matter and healthy communication is like oxygen for our relationships and our leadership. So we challenge you and we encourage you to always choose words that breathe life into the world instead of words that dismantle and discourage. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week on the Speak With People podcast.